Total gang-related crime in San Diego is up 20% in 2019 over the same period last year. That's according to raw crime data analyzed by the Union Tribune. Overall, there's been more gang crime across all categories, meaning more homicides, more robberies, more assaults with a deadly weapon, and more attempted murders. It's unclear what is behind the sudden surge. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Jennifer Vangrove, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Greg Moran and Lindsay Winkley, you two work together on a story about the spike in gang crime in the city of San Diego. So tell me how this story came together. This actually started as not a story about gang crime. It was actually a story about a a sort of quiet change that the department implemented in April to redeploy the gang suppression team. Anyway, that is that essentially morphed into a closer analysis of actual gang crime in San Diego. And that's when we we uncovered this spike. So did you did you put in a public records request for some data or how did like how did this happen? Yeah, we did. So uh, during the reporting for this other story about the gang suppression team, we had um, put in a couple of CPRAs for actual gang gang crime statistics and that's and that's when we determined that there was uh, such a notable a notable increase. Yeah, so what stood out? Like you you get the data back, you look at it. What what stood out to you guys? Well, like the first thing was, you know, we've reported on violent crime in the city uh, in several different stories this year with the crime counts uh, project and so forth and at first, they seemed to be maybe another iteration of that because clearly the number of, of gang crimes was going up and we had reported that violent crime across the city had been increasing. I think what struck us, though, was uh, when we looked at the month-by-month breakdown and noticed uh, causation, I'm, I'm not sure, correlation maybe, that the real increase in the in just the total gang crimes in the city coincided with uh, what Lindsay mentioned, this redeployment or reassignment of the gang suppression team. And, uh, you know, the, the the police won't tell us much about whether that's a factor or not, but there's clearly a uh, kind of a straight line connection between when that team began its kind of redefined duties and the increase in crime. I think that's the thing that really struck us first. So two questions. So when we're talking about gang crime, what is, you know, what's the technical definition there? And then, on t- you know, the, this this unit that you all are talking about, like let's let's get into that after we kind of define gang crime. Well, the legal definition of gang crime, and and it is a charge in California. You could be charged with this in court. Is if you commit a crime that is uh, on behalf of, or uh, I'm going to paraphrase here, uh, or to promote, or in association with a a documented criminal street gang. So. I'm robbing you, um, and when I rob you, I yell, this is for XYZ gang, or uh, I drive by a house and I shoot it up because it's the house of a rival gang. Uh, there has to be sort of a nexus between the crime and your association or involvement with the gang. Uh, so that's the legal definition. And what about this gang suppression unit? Is, is is that still in existence? What is it? What do they do? Right. So the gang suppression team has this uh, a sort of long controversial history in San Diego. Um, a number of activists from communities all over San Diego have criticized this particular team for having very aggressive policing tactics, over-policing certain neighborhoods. But essentially what they what they were, they don't exist anymore, but what they were was a, a group of officers who weren't tied to 911 calls. This was just a group of officers who were able to go out into any community in San Diego 
to combat gang crime. That was their mission. It had to be gang crime. That was the only time you would see the GST is when they were responding to those types of criminal activity. And so what the department told us was that they they felt there was a need for a um, similarly bonded team to respond together to not just gang crime, but any increase in violent crime across the city. And this was sort of done in the wake of the crime increase that we have reported previously in another project. Um, and they really felt that there was um, that the, the the gang suppression team already had the skills necessary to to attack violent crime more broadly. Um, and that was done in April, which is exactly the month that we saw our first increase in gang crime. Just so I'm clear. So it's a similar unit, but they have a broader mandate. Is Which it the part? same amount of people? Are there more people involved? No, it's the same group of people. They've just been relabeled. So instead of the gang suppression team, they're now called the Special Operations Unit. It's the same group of folks. Um, they're just, their mission is broader. Okay. So you're trained in gang crime and now you're you're deployed on the streets handling all, what, what does that mean, special yeah, so the special operations unit, it, you know, it was a little unclear kind of specifically what sorts of violent crime spikes this unit would be assigned to handle. But the department made it clear that it could be any kind of violent crime increase. So if there was a, a particularly dangerous spate of burglaries in a particular community or if there was all of these different shootings in uh, in a neighborhood, they can go to those places without having to be tied to their original mission of gang crime. It might be easier to think of it in terms of what they don't do. Okay, what don't So the gang suppression team would go into areas or parts of the city where there was known gang activity and not just, as Lindsay said, respond to gang incidents, but do a lot of kind of prophylactic or, depending on your point of view, either kind of preemptive stuff or uh, overly aggressive stuff. And they would do things like the notorious and very much despised field interviews where they're rolling down the street, they see three or four people on a corner, line them all up, who are you, let me see your IDs. That kind of uh, intrusive policing seen by many people in the community is an intrusive kind of policing uh, the Special Operations Unit, as far as we know, is not doing. Instead, they're doing things like, so I live in Scripps Ranch, you know, not a high crime community, not a high violent crime community. Let's say for the purposes of this podcast, there is an outbreak of violent crime in Scripps Ranch. The former gang suppression team units who are now special operations uh, units or uh, outbreak of violent crime would then go to Scripps Ranch and try to figure out what was going on. Okay. And so gang crime, though, let's put it into perspective, right? So it's up 20 percent year over year. Um, we're looking at, what, January to July? Correct. And then do, do uh, the statistics usually carry through to the end of the year? Do we see different trends towards the end of the year? How concerned should we be? And then like, give me some numbers, like as far as homicides go, like um, compare 2018 to 2019. Help me help me make sense of it. Yeah. Uh, so I have, I have the numbers in front of me. So, uh, uh, so, so far, well, from January to July... There were a total of 463 gang-related crimes. The same time last year, there were only 385. So that's a 20% increase um, and some increases in some notable categories. Last year, um, between January and July, there were only five gang homicides. 
only. I shouldn't say only. They're all uh, impactful. But this year, there are 10 within the same period. Um, and so the the numbers were definitely startling. And we were not we were a little surprised to see, you know, gang crime fluctuates just like any kind of crime. You see ups, you see downs. But we had we saw a, a month over month increase when compared to the same month last year, every month starting in April. And not little numbers. I mean, this is sort of a arithmetic almost progression. It's it's more and more each month. And you know, it's hard to say. Like I said, is there a correlation or a causation? I'm not sure. But clearly, uh, it's it's noto- just noticeable in the police department's own data. As far as whether it'll continue for the rest of the year, you know, I mean, the police agencies uh, they're they're pretty flexible. You know, they can they can put the brakes on and turn around and flood the zone or do things like that if they feel it's it's a big enough problem. So uh, hard to tell. But certainly, if the trend line continues as the way it's been. Uh, yeah, there'll be a, a big number at the end of the year. Do you think our chief of police is having a bad day today? Mm. <laughs> uh, With your story. I don't, don't, know. I don't know. You know, I mean, th- this is the thing is that, uh, you know, as I said, it's hard to tell how much of a role this reassessment or re- redeployment of the gang suppression team plays in this. I, I think that's kind of hard to think that it doesn't have some kind of a role in it. Um, but, you know, think of the, the chief. I mean, the chief's uh, overall concern here is the city. Uh, We've reported and we know uh, and he's noted that there's violent crime is up across the city. He wants to get a handle on that. Um, He is a chief who is operating an apartment with limited resources. They can't go out and hire 150 new cops if they wanted to. I mean, I suppose they could, but it'd be very uh, time consuming. So he's, you know, he's he's looking at the whole map. He's not looking at these areas, you know, which historically have gang activity. And I think his decision is these people who have skills that we need. They know how to investigate violent crimes and things like that. I, I don't want them just interviewing guys on the corner at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I want them in a place where there's been uh, some violent crime. It's it's uh, it's a very, tough position. It's a balanced perspective. Yeah. Very balanced. But I, I think, yeah. too, just it's important to note that um, while we are seeing a spike in gang crime, Relatively speaking, San Diego does not suffer from, you know, intractable levels of gang violence. Um, And so, and you know, and it's also important to note that we're relatively we're looking at sort of a small data set. Um, I wish that we had these sorts of numbers to go back five, ten years. That could give us a better perspective of whether these kinds of up and downs that we're seeing are are simply part of the fluctuations of gang violence. Um, and that's, you know, it, we just don't have enough numbers. to. That know. reminds me, though, from your story, there's this really cool graphic where you can kind of see that the numbers were higher in 2017, right, for this chunk of time, the seven-month period that we're looking at, and then um, lower in 2018 and then higher again in 2019. It was a really, really interesting graphic. Um, and it makes me want to kind of delve in actually into what our gang – um, communities look like here in San Diego. I know it's it's a sensitive topic. Maybe we can't, we don't want to give them notoriety, but give me some context, like who are these people and um, what's and what are the neighborhoods where they're most prevalent? Yeah, maybe the easiest way to do that is to just go over some of the gang crimes that we talked about in this story. And we can maybe say sort of generally what we know about those incidents. Um, Greg, you handled a lot of that reporting. So. Yeah, I mean, I think two things. One, again, looking at the data as a whole and some of the, the, the examples we pulled out, it's it's a fairly widespread uh, problem across the city. I think most people in San Diego read the Union Tribune, think that gang activity is, is 
located and limited only to Southeast San Diego, the communities of Southeast San Diego, you know, Bay Terraces, Lincoln Park, Emerald Hills, places like that, where the gang suppression team was quite active. But uh, we found examples of uh, up in Linda Vista. There is there have been at least three you know, really violent, uh, one homicide, uh, one murder uh, going on there. There were uh, incidents uh, in in Southeast San Diego, but uh, some of those, the police are even unsure whether or not they are, they think they were committed by gang members, but they're not sure if they're gang related. So is this just ordinary crime or something else? Um, you know, uh, we didn't, uh, it's interesting you talk about the names. I got an email from a guy today saying, hey, who are these gangs yeah. and what are they called? I, I think, you know, in general, we, we decided, uh, and I think it's in generally keeping with our policy, we don't name the, the gangs uh, in, in our reporting generally. Uh, Part of what the gangs are trying to do when they commit crimes or attack people is to gain notoriety and publicity for themselves, and we don't kind of want to be a part of that. There's also a journalistic reason. I'm not sure many people are going to know what LV13 is as opposed to, you know, Skyline or something like that. So it's it's a piece of kind of stray information that would be relevant only to a certain cohort of people, and those are people who we, you know, kind of don't want to, um, you know, act as their press agency for. Yeah, I don't want to give any one group, you know, any extra attention, but what can you tell me about the gangs that we have here? Um, well, I think we can say that most gangs in San Diego are um, racially segregated. So we have Asian gangs and Hispanic and Latino gangs and black gangs uh, and white gangs. Uh, you know, that's generally kind of the the some of the core components that being said you have rival gangs that can be of different race or of the same race depending on sort of regionally where they are located um and for example in the linda vista uh, situation um you had uh, that was violence that sort of erupted um from a rivalry between an asian gang and a hispanic gang and so they sort of butt heads over territory and retaliatory attacks and the the result is violence yeah i mean some of them are you know historically you know well-known gangs here the police know them, the prosecutors know them but in looking through some of these files i don't cover you know the state of crime as excessively as Lindsay does but i was learning names of gangs i'd never heard of before and i i spent about 15 years in in the local courts covering a lot of gang crimes i was thinking who are these guys so, so are they super local like hyper local gangs are these some are very yeah. local gangs some are local gangs some are much less local some have branches all over the all over the region um and so yeah, you definitely see bigger gangs with sort of like chapters um, down here. Um, and then you have sort of hyper-local gangs that were born and raised in and San Diego. Lindsay, I appreciated what you said, too, about how, you know, pulling back and looking at the picture, it's it, the big picture. It's not as if, you know, San Diego, there's there's some sort of like gang um, crime spree going on. I mean, the numbers are up, but um, there's maybe not necessarily necessarily a reason to fear if you're a regular, you know, citizen here? Am I correct in that takeaway? I just don't want people to walk away um, reading your story or listening to this podcast and being terrified to go out on the street. No. Um, and as I have said in many crime stories uh, that I have written over the years, uh, generally, although there are sort of the innocent bystander victims, generally individuals who um, who fall victim to criminal activity and gang-related crime in particular are connected to gang 
activity. So it's, it's not like we're living in Chicago. I grew up outside of Chicago, and so it's not like that. But th- there is a, a concern that I- if it does really metastasize over a period of time, it could have problems. One of the cases we uh, talked about was there was a shooting in La Jolla, a fatal shooting in La Jolla. Several months ago, a woman from Poway died at a house party, and that was a, apparently a conflict between two gangs, and she was in, literally an innocent bystander as mm-hmm. as the shots rang out. So, you know, it's <clears throat> it's an issue, but uh, no, you, you should not be afraid to go to Balboa Park or downtown or anything like that. You're probably mm-hmm. probably more in danger on the freeway at rush hour than you are. Yeah, you know, 100%. 100%, Yeah, be careful in those cars. That being said, this this spike, to at least a degree, has been noticed by city officials um, earlier this year. Um, They sort of unveiled this peace movement, which was an attempt to bring the community together and um, sort of champion different ways in which we can curb violence, you know, whether that's making sure to report, you know, structural inefficiencies like lights that are out or things that need to be repaired by the city or whether that is, you know, better engaging young people in uh, positive after school activities, um, being kind to each other. I mean, just, you know, so proactive, proactive measures. It, did the city put any sort of budget behind that? Do we know? Not that I know of. Not at this point. You know, okay. I think I think that this is really just a um, sort of a grassroots effort to engage the community in a conversation about peace. Well, yeah, and I think on that though we should we should end there. But I think you know, based on your story, there will certainly be even more conversation oh, yes. about this topic. Yeah, so, Greg, Lindsay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. In other public safety news, the civilian board that reviews serious complaints against San Diego police officers hopes to make its work more transparent. The review board plans to soon launch a publicly accessible online data portal with information on the cases that have already been reviewed. The portal will include details like whether officers' body-worn cameras were activated, how the review board voted, and what type of allegation prompted the review. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.